today on The Breakdown. Because we just can't get enough of this guy. He's back. Well, what a hand he's done is back. And we're going to break it down. Who am I talking about? No, it's not Phil Helmuth, dummies. It's Matt frickin' Berkey. That's right. It's a one-way feud that he's got with us. But we're still going to analyze one of his hands. We don't care. It's a pretty interesting one. It's from the Texas Card Room. It's a, uh, it's a cash game hand. Of course, he's got thousands of dollars in front of him because he's Matt Berkey. This is normal. And he plays a hand pretty unusually, sometimes maybe great, sometimes maybe not. We're definitely going to get into it. There's some surprising plays, multiple surprising plays to be sure. Is this elite? Let's talk about it on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, the old Berkster. We haven't done a... I guess we, we did, did a video with him since he feuded with us in a one-way fashion where uh, the Bryn Kenny hand, which was like potentially the greatest play of all time by Bryn Kenny, which uh, was off of YouTube for a second, but is back on there. So if you guys have not seen that video or listened to that podcast, I, I think it's just called Did Bryn Kenny Just Make the Greatest Play of All Time? That is a worthwhile listener view. That's a that's a cool, yeah. cool freaking hand right there. Yeah. That pro- I don't know if that would be one that if Berkey listened to, because I know he used to listen to the podcast. I, I don't know that he still does. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't. Um, but that uh, if he had listened to it, that he'd be upset. You know, if you feel like we were putting him down again and we just aren't qualified to even understand think, what he's doing or not. I mean, we I don't did think ultimate- we were tough. I don't think we were too tough on him on I that mean, one, except end- for his pre-flop open. Also, no, at the end, we were like, we think he has to call the river even though he gets raised. I think we thought he's supposed to call. I, th- I felt he's supposed to call the river, I think. I don't remember where I concluded, but I think yeah. it's possible that I thought it was okay to fold. Yeah. Well, it's been, it's been too long to really remember. I don't think, I, I think even I, even if I was saying I think he's supposed to call the river, wasn't like intense about it, though. It wasn't like, what the hell, you know, like, which I have been about some of his other plays for sure. So, and very well maybe again in this, in this podcast, because, you know, he's Matt Berkey and he's going to do stuff that, you know, is very much non-standard. Yeah. Let's say that. We may or may not be making a video of this one, too. So if we do make a video, it's more likely to get in front of him. So potential feud on the horizon. Bring it on. Send me your fists of fury, Matt Berkey. I can take it. My chin is tough. It's been battle-weathered. <laughs> battle-weathered? Yeah, from Phil Helmuth's attempted feuds. And who else has put us down? Viffer. Viffer's taking shots at us. We, you don't think we can handle a little Matt Berkey action? Come on, <laughs> Punch and Judy. Give me everything you got. I swear to God, I'm going to generate a feud sooner or later. I swear, Grant. A real feud. Yeah, you, you, you tried pretty hard on Twitter to get Helmuth stoked with the flames of feud, but uh, nothing seems to have come from that. I mean, I didn't try that hard, really. I did something yeah. pretty chill on Twitter. Uh, I would say more that the podcast, which actually we just released a podcast today as we're recording, which is the one where I challenge Phil Helmuth to a one-on-one heads-up match for $10,000. Uh, but no one seems to really be reacting to it yet. It's only been a few hours. It's only been out for like six hours. But I would have thought there had been a little more of a thing. It's sort Me of buried too. in the middle of it, too. I don't know. Anyway, maybe Still, people just don't take it seriously. <laughs> just you meant enough. it, though. You did oh, no, mean I did. it, right? I did. I actually have already reconfirm. gotten... I've already, I, I 100% mean it. I've already gotten a text from a friend who's a, another poker-playing friend who has money who asked for dibs on a piece of that buy-in. You know, he wants to buy a piece. So uh, I have no concerns about selling some of that action. 
And, uh, you know, go how it goes. I will take him down. I'll tell you that. Phil Hemmuth will. <laughs> I will I, the deal is going to be this. So I'm like, if I beat you, I'm going to give you $100 back, but you have to give me your sunglasses, and I get to do whatever I want with them, and then I will crush them right in front of him with my heel and, and laugh like very evilly, like, <laughs> like that. And I'll crush those sunglasses. Foolproof plan you yeah, have here. It's that'll, wonderful. That'll teach him. Anyway, back to the Berkey feud. <laughs> From one feud to another, let's talk about this Matt Berkey hand. Okay. You did say Berkey played this hand interestingly. He does. Yeah. He often does. But uh, his opponent, an unknown player named Sage, also plays this hand pretty interestingly. Specifically, the flop and turn, as you'll see, are played in an unconventional way by Sage in this hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, this is a Texas card house game. From the best of my knowledge, from what I could gather from the video, it's a 5-10 game and there's a $20 straddle on. Players are pretty deep for a 5-10 game. Sage is going to be the effective stack in this hand with $8,000 in front of him. Berkey, of course, has probably the most money on in front of him at the table. It's kind of like he kind of Edelsteins when it yeah. comes to cash game buy-ins, it sure. seems. Um, and this hand was suggested by Nicholas Gibson. I, th- I believe this is the first time we've seen a suggestion by Nicholas Gibson. Thank you for the suggestion. Welcome to the club. If you want to be like Nicholas, get a shout out on the breakdown. You got to tweet at us, include a YouTube link and a timestamp if you want your hand broken down by the poker gaze. I can't tell if Nicholas Gibson is related to Booby Gibson, the Cleveland Cavaliers shooting guard from the late 2009s, early 2010s, or uh, Nicholas Cage, the actor who's been in many He's movies. He's definitely related to one of them. Yeah, I can't tell which one. Anyway, I'm just saying. It's hard to know. Nicholas K- could Gibson he also film. be? Re- yeah. Could he also be related to the disgraced sports better Nick the Greek? Is he disgraced? I think he was found to be a fraudster. The guy who used to do like the the touting on TV. <laughs> First of all, that's Jimmy the Greek, not Nick oh. the Greek. Nick the Nick, uh, Nick the Greek is a different guy. That's right. Very different. But person. is Nicholas Gibson related to that Jimmy the Greek guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jimmy the Greek was. Um, was like a fraud or anything. I think he was just, you know, making up, you know, just taking sides and tried his best. And I know that he was particularly good at it, but it was a thing back in the day. By the way, the ESPN 30 to 30 on Jimmy the Greek, which I, which I saw years ago now, is a classic and definitely most of our audience would be into. It's a great sports betting documentary. Uh, really, <laughs> really good if you can ever find it. Anyway, uh, I don't think he's related to Jimmy the Greek, because his name isn't Jimmy Gibson. Okay, but which famous person is he related to? Well, I already said Nicolas Cage. What's the problem? But it could also be like Claire Danes, right? How could it be Claire Danes? It could be Booby Gibson or it could be Nicolas Cage. There's only two. There's two fucking rivers and you're like walking down the Nile when oh, that's hold on. not even Did the you ri- saying he could be Are you saying he could be related to River Phoenix? Well, he could be, except that role's already been taken by Joaquin Phoenix. So you're saying he could be related to Joakim Noah? Actually, I don't believe Joe Kim has a brother or a sister, but I could be wrong because who pays attention to that guy? Ouch. <laughs> you know, wow. he's a very famous father. Hot take. Hot take. Joe Kim's Noah's father was Yannick Noah, one of the great tennis, well, one of the very good tennis players of his era. Very stylish. Yeah. I'm cool aware dude. of that. He had that cool, like, he'd be running back and hit the ball between his legs in the middle of a point. He did that a lot. Any hoots, enough of this joke. Let's get into the hand, shall All we? Right. Anyway, thanks, Nicholas. Yeah. And uh, yeah, suggest hands on Twitter. All right. The infamous Matt Berkey is in the cutoff. 
Again, it's a 5-10 game with a $20 straddle. He's got $22,000 in front of him, so he's plenty stacked for this game with 1,000 straddles plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Opens to $75 with the Queen 8 of Diamonds from the cutoff. So far, I think Matt Berkey is playing this hand quite well. Yep, I'm down with this. It's fine. Like the sizing with the straddle. I mean, he certainly doesn't have to open the cutoff with this hand, but it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, but you're asking a lot for Matt Berkey yeah, not know. to open Queen 8 of suit, suited from anywhere. I Believe like me. Like he, this is an under-the-gun open for him. We've seen him do it multiple times. So yeah. for him to do it in the cutoff, it's like it's a relief that it's like barely okay or bar- only barely bad. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, we, uh, I'm sure you're going to have some problems with how he plays it preflop anyway. Yeah, me too. Because then we get Sage, a player we've only ever seen in this hand. Uh, he's got 8,000 in front of him, which is still a, a pretty healthy stack for this game, but compared to Berkey's, not as much, obviously. Yeah. He's got Ace of Hearts, Ace of Clubs on the button. Oh, what a joy to have Aces against a Matt Berkey late position open in a deep stack game. Yeah. What a lovely joy. He's going to 3-bet to 280. What do you think about the sizing? Um, I think it's fine. I think it's perfectly yeah. good. I think against a guy like Berkey, making it a little more is probably a good idea. He's going to call with... He's not a folder, right? So it's just going to call with a lot of his range. Now, this part of his range, he should probably fold. But, like, if he has, like, King-10, I think he's calling with, like, King-10 off here and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so normally, like, a 3X would be probably standard. I think this three, this is more 3.5X. Actually, it's... uh it's no, it's 4 not. Well, it's, it's four would be $300, right? So it's not four. Yeah, it's closer to four. Oh, yeah, it's closer. No, you're right. It's closer to four. So, yeah, so I, I think it's good. I like, I like sizing it up a little bit. And, of course, this hand plays well with better stack-to-pot ratios. So we want it to be, you know, aces. We, we want the pot to be bigger if we can. So I like the sizing. Okay, folds back to Berkey, and here's where Lovey's going to start freaking out about how Berkey makes all these mistakes. I'm sure I'm not going to freak out. What happens? Okay. So Berkey has queen out of diamonds. He opened to 75, got yeah. a three bet to 280. He's out of position in the cutoff against the button. Obviously, he's going to fold and the hand's over. He calls. What? No. <laughs> no. Why? Why would he call? Reasonable. That's, that's the appropriate level of, of being just completely upset about it. Yeah, it's the, thanks you. You definitely nailed the level. <laughs> cool. Just going for yeah. that. Um, I, no, in in reality, discuss why you think this is bad. Because some people might okay. think it's okay because they're super deep. Well, they're, they're not really super deep anymore. Is part of the problem, actually. Like, so yeah, when when Sage makes a two eighty, if Berkey calls, which as we know is going to, that's going to make it about six hundred dollars in the pot. So we don't have uh, the stack to pot ratio is like not amazing already from Berkey's point of view, right? It's like twelve or something like that. Because uh, of Sage is the effective stack with like 7.7K or something like that. So it's not, um, I guess, 13. Like this, this kind of stack to pot ratio, if Berkey was in position and had like a legit good suitor connector, is probably where you start to like think that's like pretty good. Playing out of position against a, str- a clearly strong range, I don't know why. I just don't know why we'd take a hand that's dominated so much. In this case, of course, crushed. Um, there's so many bad things that can happen. There aren't that many good things with queen eight suited that can happen. I guess the flop could come nine, 10 Jack, and we could maybe get action sometimes from, but like, there's not too many flops that we get all the action from. I just don't know why in the world we would call out a position if we weren't a lot deeper than this with this fucking hand. Yeah. That's my response to that. I would not be calling. I wouldn't have opened, but I certainly wouldn't call. 
this race. Certainly, this is a lower stakes game than Berkey normally plays. He may yeah. just think that his post flop advantage is so pronounced because he thinks his post flop advantage is pronounced against players like Jungle Man and shit. Right. Even if nobody else thinks that he does, so how how much better does he think he is than these guys? Like maybe he just thinks he can navigate no matter what, and he should never fold with anything that can make a flush. Yeah, basically. I mean, I would agree with you that that that's going on. The only thing is we see him get three bet with queen eight suited when he opens like under the gun by plus one and he doesn't fold even in big spots against really good players. And, you know, like much more money's on the line. It doesn't feel like it's actually like, well, I'm just better than these guys so I can afford to make my edges enough. My in this case versus other cases, I mean, like just because it's a 10, 20 game or whatever, a five ten game. That's now a 10, 20 game, five ten twenty game. Uh, it feels to me like he's just like, yeah, I just don't fold. That feels like what's actually going on, no matter what he tells himself. It, based on just watching him from the hands that we get suggested to us, anyway, it feels like he just doesn't fold in these spots. Like, maybe I'm doesn't wrong. Seem to. But what'd you say? Doesn't seem to. Yeah. So maybe he's rationalizing it like, oh, come on, these guys are, I can, I'm so far ahead of these guys, I can just do it. But if he's, ra- if he's using that same rationalization against Jungle Man 2, then this is just a strategy. It's not about players and opponents and stuff like that. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, he does call. Got aces for Sage on the button. Luckily okay. for Berkey, no, di- no diamond for Sage. So Berkey has a super clean flush draw with his queen eight of diamonds. I mean, he's three diamonds, but that's still a flush draw. And 595 in the pot. The flop is six of spades, 10 of diamonds, five of clubs. Pretty big whiff for Berkey. He flops two back doors, but they're not too fun or impressive. Pretty safe flop for Sage. I guess Berkey could have five, six suited. We know he could have five, six suited. Sure. Maybe he could have 10, six suited and we know he could have probably any of the sets. So, but mostly it's pretty good for Sage, right? Yeah. I mean, Berkey also can have, as we've seen, he can have like Jack 10 and get it all in with us. Like a hundred percent. He can have top pair and get it in with us. Right. Uh, this feels like a really good flop for us. There are very few two pair combos. Of course, there are some set combos, but there always are going to be, right? Uh, unless we, unless every time we don't flop a set, we're almost there's always almost going to be set combos for our opponent, right? I guess if it's yeah. king queen jack, we might say, well, he probably doesn't have kings, he probably doesn't have queens, he maybe doesn't have jacks here, but like any kind of normal flop. So like whatever, I, I this feels like a cool. Let's try and get a lot of money in against this guy and hope we're good. We're usually good. All right, well, I guess you're not going to like Sage's little zig when people zag here where he checks back after Berkey checks this flop. So it sounds like you hate it. I don't understand what this is about. Uh, this, is, this feels like, uh, I guess he's trying to rep ace-king, and he's saying, like, this is a board I would check back ace-king on, so I'm not going to see bet this board all the time, even though it's a three-bet pot. Um, but, like, if we're not c-betting with, are we just never c-betting? He's just checking this 100% against Berkey? When well, you've got a three-to-one stack to pot? I mean, I don't know why. There's a couple of angles you could come at this from as far as the reasoning behind this check back. And I don't actually hate it as much as you. I think, like, clearly Sage knows who Berkey is and, yeah. and probably has studied up on him, I guess, if I he knew assume. he was going to play this game against him. Um, Berkey's range is incredibly wide, as we see, with Queen 8 of Diamonds here. Yeah. So... He has a fair amount of misses on this board, but he also has a fair amount of, I'm going to bluff if I see any weakness. So I think Sage is probably thinking from that perspective and thinking that Berkey misses a decent amount here and is absolutely going to take shots at me in the future. And I'm just never going to fold. It's Matt freaking Berkey. And that's the yeah. plan. And I, I understand that if Berkey has something, he's never folding and we, we might be able to get more money in. And that's a problem with the plan. Another problem with the plan from my perspective is, Against a good player like Berkey, you're going to have to be balanced in general. 
Um, now, maybe you can exploit Berkey in certain ways. Maybe that's what Sage is trying to do here. But this feels like a board that's absolutely a slam dunk three bet, uh, C bet board. Like, there are some boards that, that you could check, but yeah. like four, five, six all spades or something. But, My guess is that um, if Sage is trying to do this the way we're talking about, like be balanced, ha- like check back a lot on this on this board and stuff like that. Maybe he's betting all his other overpairs, but aces because there's so much less to protect against. Uh, maybe he like that's his one overpair check back if he's really doing this in a balanced way. So actually, almost all his overpairs are a bet. This is the one check back that's a really strong hand that isn't a set. Uh, maybe it's stuff like that. That's all I got. So because you, you need to be able to check back some of your strong hands. So this is a reasonable. This is a reasonable hand to pick if we're going to bet our kings, queens, jacks here, tens. Yeah, which I think we should be betting all of those. Yeah, that's actually quite fair. And if that's the reason for the check back, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it could actually works well for balance. Sets don't make up it quite enough. Uh, if we want to check back a lot of ace kings and ace queens and maybe some ace jacks that we three bet preflop, maybe even king queen and hands hands like that. If we want to be able to sometimes check back those hands, maybe it's cool to include this in our check back range when. Mostly our sets are just tens. We don't have too many sets of fives and sixes. Yeah, agree. Right, so we don't have that many comfortable set checkbacks. Perhaps that's what's going on. Yeah, that's possible. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm cool with it for that reason. I guess I just feel like with it with like the twelve to one stack to pot or whatever it is, thirteen to one, uh, and in Berkey being the opponent, I just want to try and get money in there. Like I sort of don't want to care. I don't care as much about that. Maybe against Berkey, you have to be more on top of that though. Maybe that's just, maybe what I'm doing is too primitive and Berkey will actually yeah. be able to sniff this stuff out. And he's, he's a little too good for that. And instead we have to just be balanced here and check this board when we have a hand like aces some of the time, at least. Um, but my initial inclination is like Berkey's going to take shots at me. He's going to float the flop. A lot. He's going to do all sorts of weird shit. And I, I just want to bet, you know, but, I mean, if he's going to take shots at you but give up on the flop sometimes, too, when he completely whiffs, he's almost always taking a shot on the turn if he has a whiff, right? I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, he knows his, he knows his rep. Uh, I would guess any paint card, he's probably less inclined to take a shot. And, but maybe, maybe cards tend him less he is. Yeah, but he knows his rep works both ways. It also works yeah. as, like, he's not going to take as many shots on the flop, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think his rep should like factor into what he does, but I don't know that it ever really does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so your point he, is moot then it's invalid. Yeah. 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 I'm wondering, I'm wondering, like he still calls with the queen eight is suited when he gets three bet in this spot, you know, they're not crazy, crazy, crazy deep. Like, so his rep is deserved and he is going to show up with this hand still. I don't know. I don't, ha- I don't, I first, I, at first blush, I really didn't like the check back. The more we talk about, it, the more I like it. Okay, cool. I'm totally cool with it, too. Uh, cool. I mean, you're less likely to get massive amounts of chips. Obviously, you're less likely to lose massive amounts of chips by checking. Yeah, also. That's true. You, pr- you probably have, as far as expected value against a guy like Berkey, I would guess the check back might be slightly more than betting because of the times that Berkey takes shots on turn or river or both when he has nothing and Berkey's range being so wide, so inclusive of nothing on almost every board. I hear you. You could very well be right, but there is the other side of it, which is if we bet the flop, we get to put in a river bet a lot of the time. We just go bet, 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 and that third bet is is exponentially bigger than the turn than the second bet, you know. And so that that really matters for this. Like that's one of the ways you make money in no limit is you get that I mean, third bet in there. This know? is under the assumption that Berkey's going to call down three right. streets with one pair, including yeah. a really massive river bet, which I don't think Berkey has shown the proclivity to do 
that frequently. His looseness doesn't really manifest in that way. His looseness manifests in very odd ways, but you're kind of right, actually, that like we haven't seen him make all these hero calls. We see him make hero raises and hero folds, but not really yeah. hero calls. Like hero raises with like what could be the best hand, but usually wouldn't be. Uh, if right. he gets action, almost never even like feel like game theory disaster spots even. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe if we can't, if we don't think we can get three streets of value from a 10, then maybe we should be checking this back. Yeah. So I think it's close. Yeah, I think okay. either decision is fine. Um, and I kind of like that even if you're trying to balance and, and this board is a board that you're often betting, you need to have some checkbacks to protect when you have, you have to protect your, your range. So mm-hmm. having aces is probably good when we don't have too many sets and we certainly yeah. don't have two pairs in our range. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, that's what Sage does. He checks it back. Again, the board is six of spades, ten of diamonds, five of clubs. Berkey's got queen, eight of diamonds. Sage has two aces, no diamond. Hearts and clubs. Hearts, clubs, diamonds, and spades. Those are all available on Nitrogen Sports Poker. I mean, what you just did, very confusing. You do a summary of the board, everyone's hand, and then you immediately go into an ad. So you're going to have to summarize the, the board in the hands again when we come back from the ad. What's with the sequence? I'm just trying to get the people to listen to the beginning of the ad. Do you oh. not understand what's going on? You're, put, you're baiting the hook. Yeah. You're putting the all lure. You little, all you little guppies out there, you sheeple, <laughs> you're still listening, then use your stupid fingers and click on the link in the description. This is how you get people to do stuff, right? Yeah, it, this yeah, works. it is now. No, you didn't use okay. it, but now it works really well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a link in the description there. You can see it with your dumb eyes. And uh, it takes their nitrogen sports, and using that link is the only way to gain access to our exclusive Poker Guys monthly tournament, which you probably won't win anyway. <laughs> but at least you'll have a chance. <laughs> you know, at least even, even people like you have a chance because the overlay is so huge, Jonathan. It's even plus EV for the listeners who are still listening to this ad, those fools. They Still. love it. They love the abuse. Yeah, they do. And, you know, that might be why they keep making calls like Berkey does preflop in this nitrogen sports mm. tournament. But guess what? It's still plus EV because there's a thousand buy-ins guaranteed and they only even let in 300 players, meaning there's always guaranteed to be at least a 70% overlay and often a lot more because we never really actually get more than 200 players. So use the link to get access to that tournament, Levy. Yeah, it's super sick, man. And you know what? You guys who suck at poker, you probably also suck at sports betting and casino games, which is great because Nitrogen has those too. And Nitrogen's going to take your money. They're going to take all your money because <laughs> <laughs> you're so yeah. bad at these things. <laughs> See, isn't it fun? Isn't yeah. it fun to do an ad where you berate the listeners? Uh, I've been keeping that in for years. I finally get to let it out. It feels amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, use the link. This might don't be disappoint the, me. Finally. Don't disappoint me again. <laughs> We may have finally made the ad that ends our sponsorship agreement with Nitrogen. We may have finally done it. Nah, that's not the one. You're right. It's got to be way worse than that. If anything, that one is going to be more popular. I kind of love that ad, but I don't know. We definitely, there's a line that, you know, the sponsor may feel we crossed there. Eh, come on. Eh. If they feel like they've crossed it, they're just as dumb as the listeners who are still listening. (laughs) No, don't say that. Come on. (laughs) Come on. They're good people. Goodbye. I can only feel something if I'm close to the edge, Jonathan. Yeah, Go. I know. You know how it is. Anyway. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. The only podcast <laughs> in the world that like, attacks their sponsors every seventh show. but so We didn't attack it. the sponsors at all. Oh, I guess I did at the end there a little bit, but mostly it was attacking the listeners. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. All right, good. That makes me feel better. Yeah, good. <laughs> now that you're all safe and comfortable, let's recap the action yet again, even though right. I just did it right before the ad. Five of five of clubs, six of spades, ten of diamonds on the flop. Sage three bet preflop with ace of hearts, ace of clubs. Berkey called somewhat inexplicably with queen eight of diamonds. The turn is the five of diamonds. This is a good card all around for Berkey. Not only does he make a flush draw, he could absolutely have a five, as we know. And I don't know how deep his fives go, but he's certainly got four or five suited and five seven suited, five six suited. Hands like that. Maybe he definitely has ace five suited. Who knows? He might have king five suited. Yeah, he might. I don't know anymore. Sure. <laughs> he has a lot more of them than Sage does, though. We know that for sure. Yeah, he's got the fives and Sage doesn't. Also, like now Berkey, in theory, could really have pairs and Sage is going to have a lot of misses and really could have the best hand a lot here, right? Based on the action and this turn card. But it'd be a trip yeah. fives or a 10 or two sevens or two eights or whatever it might be. You assume like that's like if I had two eights and I was Berkey right here, I would probably bet thinking I had the best hand, you know? Right. Any any pair. I mean, you're betting deuces if you're Berkey, right? Because yeah. you just want to you want to fold out ace king and ace queen and those types of hands. Absolutely, and it's fine. Like the pot's a little juiced, and it's cool. And if he wants to pay for the privilege, you know, to to see the river, that's fine too. Like we're Matt Berkey, we've got this rep. Maybe we get called. That's fine. So, all right. I think we should bet as Matt Berkey. I guess is what I'm getting to. Right, but we don't want to get called. Unfortunately, that's bad for the rep right now because we have yeah. queen high. Sure. He does bet. He bets two seventy five. And uh, now I think perhaps it's questionable between this and something that happens later, but this might be the most interesting decision in the hand. Uh, Sage decides to raise yeah. to 650. Yeah. Discuss. Discuss. Give me some thoughts on that. What are your hits? Oh, man. I think it's really weird to decide to raise. Okay. The bluffs that Sage is repping are flush draws, right? Yes. Seems pretty clear. Um, I guess the, the value he's repping is like sets of tens. I guess pocket aces, maybe pocket kings sometimes. Um, over pairs. We can just say over pairs, I guess. Uh, that's it really for value. Um, I'm surprised at the sizing Sage makes it. Also, 650 over 275 is not that much. No. So it feels very inviting. Like if Berkey has anything, he's going to have to call, which I guess is the point since Sage is Sage doesn't want to like fold out the marginal stuff. He wants to keep all the marginal stuff in. So he's raising to 650. But I still worry that we might fold out a bunch of marginal stuff here. If Berkey has two eights, he might throw it away now when we raise. Where if we just bet the flop and bet the turn, he might have called both. So I'm not in love with this race is where I'm where I'm landing. Yeah, I don't I, I agree that I'm not in love with it, but the main reason that I don't love it is not something you hit on. It's mm what we were talking about with Berkey's range, which is inclusive of many fives. We're not sure how many, but a decent amount. It's not like this is a board that doesn't make sense for Berkey to bet because he doesn't have much value. Mm -hmm. He has a, a range advantage over Sage here as far as top end value. He has sixes full way more frequently. Yeah. He has quads way more frequently. And he, of course, has many different fives that Sage doesn't have. We could be putting ourselves in a really precarious spot as Sage with aces where we could fold out Berkey's stuff that we... We're trying to induce on the flop. If Berkey has king jack of clubs, he's just going to fold now. We want to give ourselves a chance to get another bet out of Berkey when he has hands like that while not bloating the pot when Berkey has us beat. So I think this is a problem. Yeah. I think we want Berkey to just bet 750 on the river after we call, and we just call without thinking about it no matter what the card is. Like, that, that should be the plan, right? I mean, it's, it feels like cognitive dissonance to check the flop and then raise the turn to me. It feels yeah. like either you sh if you think that Berkey can stick around... 
enough that you can raise the turn, then you should just be betting the flop and trying to make the pot as big as possible and stay in control of it. And, you know, with no plans of folding on the, on the flop if he raises you. Uh, if you're trying to pot control and also let him bluff and stuff like that, then why would we raise the turn? Like you're saying, let's let him keep firing. What are we doing? I, I don't understand this raise really. Um, from that point of view at all. I think you make also a great point that Berkey's the one with the trip fives and Berkey's the one with sixes full and stuff like that. So what the hell? Why are we raising right now when Berkey really does have those fives? If we could come up with a lot of other strong hands Berkey could have that are second best to us, then at least you could start to come up with reasons. But what strong hands does Berkey have? We block ace-10. He rarely has kings or queens. He might even rarely have jacks. Jacks may be a four bet for him cut off to button, yeah. right? Um, it's close. It's close. Yeah, but I, it wouldn't be unreasonable to forbet that. So now we're down to like king 10 suited is like the hands we're targeting, which have to bet and call a raise after we check the flop. Okay, maybe Berkey will call with that, but there's not too many of those. You don't have to say suited, by the way. Oh, like yeah, you're, you're talking right. about it's Berkey. Flop. Berkey, Berkey definitely has it unsuited. Yeah, he yeah. does. You're 100% so that helps. Right. That helps because Berkey's probably not going to throw away his 10s right away. Yeah. Right? Especially for this sizing. That's true. I agree with that. And he blocks, he blocks the most obvious value with a 10 because if Sage has value, it looks more like 10s full than anything else when he checks back the flop and raises the turn. Maybe the idea is the way you get most value out of it, the way you get value out of a 10, you could bet the flop, bet the turn, or you could check the flop, raise the turn. You're going to get value out of a 10 either way. But this way you also capture that first bet of bluff, which if you bet the flop, you lose. Of course, you also put, can put yourself in some really precarious situations as you pointed out, which right. you don't and have now, to do. Otherwise. And that's only talking about a 10. We want the bluffs to keep bluffing we want to not lose more money when Berkey has a five yeah i think it clearly outweighs the positives of raising the I negatives agree. do I, agree. I i mean it seems like a very clear call and i don't really like it yeah i'm with you that that raise like got on one knee and asked me to be betrothed and i said i'm in love with your sister get out of my face that and really the sister happened. is uh is the call that's the um, sister no, I'm th- just thinking about this girl from about six years ago who oh, wanted to get who you just broke, you just destroyed I, her. I told her I was in love with her sister and to get out of my face, and she cried. And then I called. Then I called instead of racing. Because <laughs> oh. I was playing poker at the same time, obviously. That's right. what it, that's how right. it reminded me of things. Well, it seems like odd timing for a proposal, but I guess yeah. to each their own. I was pretty busy that at that that month, you know, and so she, she sort of tried to sneak it in. I was like, well, I've got a 15 second time bank right now. If you want to say whatever you're going to say. <laughs> and so I didn't have a lot of time, by the way, to respond, yeah. which is why I probably was a, admittedly a little more gruff, a little bit more abrupt than I probably in hindsight had to be, you know, like is the best way to turn down a proposal, a marriage proposal uh, to say, I'm in love with your sister. Get out of my face. I'm going to say, no, it's probably, so, it's probably be a little softer, right? Like, well, it's, as long as you belittle them in some way, <laughs> even if it's subtle, even if it's subtle. My heart belongs to another. Get out of my face. That's nicer already, yeah. right? That's already a step up. Yeah. And maybe even get out of my face could be just, just slightly more digestible. Like, please leave now. Yeah. Please leave now. My heart belongs to another. Your sister. Who I'm in love with. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. We've been sleeping together. Me and your sister. Should right, I say I'm that too? Work, I'm, I'm glad we workshopped that. That's been solved. Let's move yeah, along. All in the 15 seconds. All right, fine. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. All right, so Sage does make this raise. We don't love it. Yeah. How should Berkey respond? Is this an opportunity for a three bet, or are you too afraid of tens full? 
Well, it's a weird thing, right? If we're afraid of tents full, I am afraid of tents full, first of all. I am. Uh, I don't know if he's really raising the turn with tents full. Like, he might wait another street, if you, you know, with tents full. But maybe not. He might raise sometimes with tents full. So. If he's uh, not raising the turn with tens full, we should three bet. Right. That's a fair point. That is definitely a fa- fair point. Assuming we can get actual folds from over pairs. Right. Although even Which if we can't get folds from over pairs, actually we can three bet, right? If we can get folds from all the bluffs that are better than us, that's not so bad either. Yeah. And we should be able uh. to get folds from over pairs unless this guy is a complete station, like a lot of the time, because we are repping a hand well. We're doing a... F- Perfectly decent job repping Ace Five suited plus maybe even some yeah. five other fives. Who Absolutely, knows? we can have five six suited. We can have four five yeah. suited. We can probably have seven five suited. We can probably have eight five suited. Okay, I want to re-raise. We got we have a uh, it's a semi bluff. We have outs if we get called. If we get re-raised, we can fold right now because he has tens full. There's not there's nothing to draw to anyway. Let's put the pressure on him. Right, I uh, thinking about it more. I like that way better because if we're worried about tens full. And thinking that that is like a large part of his range when Sage takes this line, we should just fold our flush draw anyway. Yeah. Be- and because if he's polarized between tens full and a bluff, we don't have showdown value to call the bluff and then call the river also. It's not like we have a hand that can withstand any sort of pressure without taking an aggressive action on our own. Yeah. And we can rep a ton of fives and full houses. I think this is a three bet. I think Berkey's supposed to three bet. I think you're right. I didn't, I didn't think that coming into the street before we started talking about it. I thought it was a pretty obvious call. We're getting a it's pretty cheap to call. Like, you know, it's $375. That's super cheap based on the size. There's like a thousand bucks in the pot. We have an overcard as well, which is no good, but we don't know that. We're drawing to a strong flush. That seems fine. But yeah, I think we should probably be folding or raising and actually not calling very much because the board's paired. Like if we think this guy's so tight that he only has tens full, we should fold. If we think he's got bluffs or or just even overpair type hands that are going to hate their life suddenly... Out of nowhere, and then we we can put big pressure on the river too. Even if they call, great, let's do that. Because yeah, I mean it's it's certainly higher variance. It certainly is. Yeah. I mean the guy might decide to call down with an overpair. The guy might, might. have tens full yeah. and call call. You know, and and not four bet us here, right? So there are risks involved. Certainly, of course there are risks. But I I think as long as we don't think he only is exclusively has tens full or exclusively has full house this year, I really like the idea of of raising more than calling even, even though calling is cheap. Yeah. And it feels natural and that's what Berkey does. And upon watching this, I didn't even think of that as a notable decision, but once we dove into it on the podcast here, it really kind of struck me as a three bet feeling like the better of the choices. We're also out of position. And if we make our flush, it's going to be hard to get value. It's just going to be hard. Like if we suddenly bet and the guy, you know, like we, we hit a diamond on the river, we suddenly bet sages like, I mean, he could call, but it's harder to get value. If we check, he can check back a diamond really easily. Either way, it's just tough. So versus if we're in position, he checks. Now it looks like we're playing, we're betting maybe because he's weak and we're taking a shot. You know, it's, it's really a different story we're telling. So that's problematic too for just calling. Yeah, well, that's what Berkey does. He calls. Okay. Pot's like now it. 1.9K, $1,900. The river is the sick one. It is the ace of diamonds. Yeah. That's it is sad. the unfair card, making Sage aces full and Berkey the second nut flush. Yeah. Berkey checks. To your, to your point, that makes sense to check. It's weird to come out leading. Like, we're definitely just going to fold out queens or jacks or whatever if we lead most of the time. So maybe we're not getting a bet out of those anyway, but yeah, we have to like hope to get some sort of bet out of the guy, and I don't think betting is the best way to get value. 
I agree, especially when the ace of diamonds falls off. Like, yeah, it just feels like I don't know. Yeah, we don't think he's bluffing that much on the turn. Like, maybe he's buffing some. I don't know. I I don't know what he's going to do, but I, it feels like we're supposed to check. That's what Berkey does. Yeah. I As Sage, how much do you want to bet? One point nine in the pot. Well, we have a monster freaking hand now. Now we want yep. Berkey to have a flush, or we want him to have trip fives. Those are both reasonable parts of his range. If he was still playing a full house, I guess it doesn't matter how much we bet anyway. But I think we should be going for big value against trip fives and flushes, basically. Uh, so I want to bet big. There's 1.9 in the pot. I don't know, 1.7? 1.75? Sure. Sage does something in line with that. But it's 1.4, a little smaller, but still pretty sizable river bet. Yeah, that's fine. Berkey goes into the serious torture chamber and ends up folding. Yeah. So let's discuss that. How let's does do he it. do that? Because this is an above-the-rim fold by Matt Berkey here. Got to give credit where credit is due. Sure. Um, the best thing I can come up with is this. Now that the Ace of Diamonds specifically comes off, there's very few bluffs left for Sage, and there's no reason to bet almost any of Sage's value that isn't beating Berkey. So if Sage was bluffing on the turn, he's usually bluffing with a flush draw, usually, right? Because he checks back the flop, raises the turn. That's usually a flush draw. And since he three-bet pre, most of his flush draws are better than Berkey's. Maybe not all, but most of them are better, right? Like King High flush draws, King Jack of Diamonds, like, makes a lot of sense here, right? Yeah. Um, So that's at least possible. There aren't too many others, actually. That's like the only, I guess, King Queen of Diamonds and King Jack of Diamonds are the only, we have the Queen of Diamonds in our hand, so it's really just King Jack of Diamonds. Because, like, does Sage have King Nine of Diamonds? Probably not, right? We don't know anything about Sage, so yeah. who knows? Maybe. But then if you can have that, then you can also have, like, Seven Nine of Diamonds and Eight Nine of Diamonds. So you can have other diamonds. I guess we have the Eight of Diamonds, so not that. But he can All have- of those hands feel, like, so necessary to bet on that flop, though. Seven, nine, and eight, nine, because they're gut shots. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So it's just like the King Jack is the one you would check back if you're checking back any of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then besides that, the other value is pretty clearly tens full, and now aces full makes sense. You assume if Sage had kings, he would check it back, right? Yes, absolutely. He's not going to try and fold out fives here. He's not going to try and fold out a flush. He'd hope that Berkey had a 10 and would see if he won. So this is, I think this is why Berkey decides to fold anyway, is because he's like, almost all of your value is beating me now, and you don't really have many bluffs left. You're going to bet all your straight draws on the flop, so the only bluffs really are diamond draws. I block them. Also, the one that you're most likely to have is beating me. So I guess I fold? That's, that's what I think is going through his head anyway. I don't know if, I, th- I feel like there's another side to that, but that's my best guess. What, you you want to add anything to that? It feels like maybe Berkey put Sage on his exact hand because mm. it's incongruent to put him on tens full and call the turn and then fold the river. It wouldn't make sense. I mean, maybe you got a new piece of information that he bet again when the yeah. diamond came. Right. But um, does that mean we're folding on every diamond? What's the point of calling the turn then? Well, maybe the ace of diamonds specifically makes it an easier fold because if Sage was bluffing with a hand like ace king, he doesn't have to bluff anymore. Ace, right, ace king, ace queen, ace jack. Those hands where he's like, "Fuck you, Matt Berkey," on the turn. He's like, "Oh, cool, maybe I win." Like, but he's probably not going to bet one point four k on this river after Berkey called the raise when there's potentially no, two he's, fives out. He's there, probably right? checking back ace king or ace queen. So, so you the fact think. that it's the ace of diamonds specifically may make this an easier decision for Berkey. Right, because not only does that, not only is that a piece of it where it's like, oh, if he had ace king, now he's probably going to check back. 
but also Sage could have aces full now, yeah. which is problematic. Whereas if it was the three of diamonds, you wouldn't put Sage on threes full too often. Right, right. So that leaves a lot more bluffs and less value if it's, if it's a right. different diamond. So that makes sense. Along, along with that, Berkey absolutely could have a flush draw on the turn, absolutely did have a flush draw on the turn. Sage probably is aware of this and is betting anyway. Right. Sage priced him in pretty yeah. clearly. I mean, didn't actually price him in, in fairness. Like, it was Berkey's getting like three to one. He's not really priced in, but it's close enough, and it's Berkey. We know he's not going to fold if it's marginal in any way, right? If it's sort of close, it's, he's definitely not folding. Uh, so, he's getting better than three to one. What are you talking about? There was, oh, there, oh you're right. There was 1.9 in the, after the call, right? Oh, he's getting yeah. way better than three to one. Oh, he's totally getting the right price. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I was just wrong about that. Um, so, yeah, so he prices Berkey into call anyway with the flush draw. You know, any, any hand that isn't at least, like, a great ace-five suited, basically, a full, which is a full house. So, but any, any great five is always, anything that isn't at least a great five is checking back this river, I got to think. Yeah. So now, as Berkey, we're thinking, is he going to bet? What fives does he have? Well, ace-five is now a full house also, by the way, if somehow he had ace-five. Yeah. Um, so that's not good for us. Pocket aces got there. Is he turning kings into a bluff suddenly with the king of diamonds in his hand? He feels he needs to do that. Why would he feel the need to do that? Trying to fold out a five and I don't know. That seems ambitious. Seems, even though it would have worked, it seems in this case. Yeah. Although maybe, maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe Berkey's like, well, I block full houses with a five so I can call. Right. Maybe. Probably not because the diamonds are there too, but maybe. He doesn't really block the full houses that are in Sage's range with a five. Not, not really. Well, yeah, that's probably true. Um, well, Sage has ace-five specifically. That's like the only one we really block. Or maybe five-six, yeah. but that would be it. But anyway, you're right. It's mostly like pocket tens and things like that. Um, maybe if Berkey had an ten in his hand, he could... I mean, I don't think he would call, but then again, like he at least blocks tens full. I don't know. He blocks diamonds here, though, so it's sort of... He has blockers anyway, significant blockers. I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like as Berkey... The, the problem for Berkey folding is this. What if Sage has other diamonds than the ones we're talking about? That's my concern. Like Can if, Sage have like other which diamonds? Ones? Which well, ones? We have the eight of diamonds in our hand. So yeah. we already said there's the king jack, which obviously is beating us. So who cares? The king eye stuff doesn't matter. So it'd be like, let's see, jack nine of diamonds is in play. Don't you think he would, don't you think he would bet that flop with jack nine of diamonds like mm. the majority of the time after three yeah. betting and getting the ten of diamonds on the flop and like a, a board where he's going to get a decent amount of folds? probably he would with the two vectors. That's a good point. And then that actually takes care of, this is maybe why you said which ones. This also, and having the eight of diamonds also is part of this. But if he flopped a gutter, he's probably going to bet that on the flop, which takes care of your seven, yeah. nine of diamonds right away. So now you're down to like real weird baby stuff, like three, four of diamonds, which is a straight draw on the flop anyway. Oh, you know what? Yeah. He doesn't really have diamonds he can bet on the flop, does he? That are worse than ours, after all. Maybe the occasional one, but mostly you figure Maybe. he's going he's gonna to bet those. Okay, so we don't have to worry about that so much. So really, is he going to bet a five for value? Well, what I mean, fives he has does so he have? few fives. He's very unlikely to have fives. Yeah. Just feels so unlikely. And ace-five is a full house, and six-five is a full yeah. house. And the diamonds came in. He might even check those. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't beat any value, is what I guess I've come all the way around to here as Berkey. If we can't beat yeah. value... Maybe we should just fold. Maybe this is a good fold. This feels like a good fold. I think it is. Um, do you think it's bad to have called the turn if we're going to fold on this card? I don't, actually. 
I think it's okay because this is a really this is changes things pretty dramatically. This particular turn, we were going to call against other diamonds, right? If the three of diamonds came off, as we said, we're calling that card. We're calling yeah. almost every diamond. The ace is sort of the one of the worst possible diamonds for us to call. I would say the ace and the king yeah, of diamonds are like the two worst diamonds, right? Because sages most likely bluffs turn into hands with strong showdown value, but ones that probably don't expect to be able to get called by a worse hand. And uh, an ace is full gets there. Yep. And ace is full. Yep. And ace five gets so, there yeah. in case he has ace five suited or something like that. That even gets there too. Yeah. It just feels like the ace of diamonds is maybe like the worst card, the worst good card for us to hit. The worst diamond for us to hit is the ace of diamonds. Where, and Berkey somehow figures that out in, in real yeah. time and gets away from it. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, good for him. I will say this, and this is something I said before we started uh, recording, is that Berkey does make a lot of these sort of quote above the rim unquote folds and he's wrong sometimes it isn't like he's right all the time so he's willing to make these folds which is probably the mark of a good player um Mm -hmm. but the ones like i'm just thinking about three hands this is one of them there's also the hand where he folded against Bryn kenny like we were talking about i think it was also the queen eight suited i think it was queen three it was queen three suited oh is it okay well whatever it was um he made a flush and got bluffed by kenny Although, actually, we don't even know if Kenny was bluffing or not. I remember we were, it was unclear. Um, and then he also folded nines full against Tommy when, when Tommy made a straight. I think his name's Tommy Wynn. Uh, made a straight in the monster stack. Oh, no, the PCA? Uh, the PCA. Uh, yeah, the when PCA. There were like 15 but, players left. Yeah, that's right. And there were all spots where it's like, well, I can't feed any value if this guy is reasonable and smart. And so I understand why Berkey's folding these spots. Like, I, we thought the nines full was a good fold. But, yeah. but um, one of our listeners, Danny Sprung, who played with Tommy in the monster stack a lot, said, oh, Tommy has, like, all the flushes there. He, he wrote to us on Twitter and said that. Um, so if you know that, if, if it's possible for Tommy to have all the flushes there, then it maybe is a bad fold again, because I think we assumed Tommy could have almost no flushes. Um, anyway, my point is not that anything except Berkey has a proclivity to making these, like, kind of big, showy, tight folds um, and is at least right sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think this one actually, it, it does make sense. I do think yeah. the one against Tommy Wynn made sense also. Yeah. I think the one against Bryn Kenny made some sense as well, honestly. Like, I don't think Berkey did anything wrong in that hand. He just kind of either got owned or Bryn Kenny really overvalued his hand. The difference hand. was the opponent in that case. Bryn Kenny is like one of the guys who's always going to make plays with blockers, it feels like. And not always, but going to make plays with blockers a lot. I don't know that Tommy or this kid, Sage, are going to make those kinds of plays. Uh, and also Bryn Kenny check-raised the river. Like, boy, Bryn Kenny check-raised the river. He has a lot of, like, not very strong hands, I feel like. <laughs> Obviously, he has some very well, strong you, hands, too. If yeah. you want to hear our thoughts on that, you yeah. should definitely check out that podcast or right. that video because it's a really cool hand. It is. Anyway, I think, uh, I mean, I certainly don't like the preflop call from Berkey. Oh, man. But, and I think he should have three bet the turn, but I certainly wouldn't have had the wherewithal to do that in the moment, I think, most of the time. No, I, would I wouldn't mostly have mostly just called. Yeah, I would have. Uh, so I, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. Overall, Berkey played this hand pretty well, and like him saving that 1.4K on the river in a spot that most people aren't going to save it is kind of a point in his favor for him allowing him to be more loose pre-flop to navigate post-flop. It's an interesting point. Like I would have lost only $75 in the sand because I would have opened it and then folded it. But had I somehow made it to the flop, I would have lost the full, I would have, you know, bet the turn, bet called the turn probably, and then check called the river or bet called the river. I, maybe I wouldn't have bet called the river, but I would have lost a river bet too for sure. So I would have lost less, but as soon as I get to the flop, I would have lost a lot more, which is kind of, I guess, 
Berkey's point, although I don't know if I always love his post-fall play either, but that's his point. It was good this time. Yeah. All I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make